and welcome back to Integration for Everyone. This is the podcast where I'm sharing stories from around Germany about programs that are working with refugees. And I'm Zach Riemer. So today I'm highlighting the organization Jobs for Refugees. It is an organization in Berlin that, you guessed it, helps refugees connect with employers and helps them to better understand the German labor market. Uh, and today I'll be speaking with Friederike Lova, the integration coordinator at Jobs for Refugees. So I was invited to record this interview in their office where Friederike happened to also be meeting with one of their clients, Julia, uh, who I also had the opportunity to speak to and Friederike did help as an interpreter for me. Uh, so in that brief exchange, you'll get to hear a bit about what Julia's experience was like, and then we'll switch over to hearing some of what Frederica does for Jobs for Refugees and just how they help people adjust to the German labor market. Uh, and since this interview was made in person during the coronavirus safety measures, we sat apart, and because of that, the audio fluctuates a bit uh, as I hold the microphone out. So I've tried to adjust it as best as I can, but please accept my apologies for this episode's somewhat uneven sound quality. I hope you can enjoy it anyways. First, we'll hear from Julia, as I said, and then we'll go to Frederica. So please enjoy. Um, I'm curious how you know Jobs for Refugees. How are you connected to the organization? So um, on Facebook, she um, saw our post and she registered for this offer that we posted on Facebook. Um, I guess it was for a workshop for female refugees. Okay, I've learned a bit from reading the website about the workshop. Um, what did it do? What was the workshop for? The workshops aim at um, helping refugees into jobs and what we do is mainly um, helping with the documents, we prepare the application doc documents and uh, we connect refugees with the companies um, who are willing to employ the refugees. What was your experience like? Was it a helpful uh, workshop? Natürlich, yeah. So um, she said that of course we could help her and the workshop was helpful for her because she didn't know before how to write a CV or how to um, prepare this cover letter for the application and she learned um, how to do that and we could connect her to a company and she found a job and she was working there for I guess more than one year. And even after that year, she came back and asked us to help her, and we um, we succeeded to define the next steps. Congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And um, did you? I, I my question now is: Was the job that you found in Germany similar to the job and the experience that you had before? So, um, no, she didn't find a job in her field um, because she has been a student before, she uh, finished school and because of the war there were no opportunities to start a job or to start anything that she could do and that's why she, she didn't do anything before in Syria. Also, ich habe bis zehnte Klasse gelernt. Yeah, so she, she um, finished her 10th grade 
and there were a few schools where you could continue um, to, to finish school, but her parents decided that in her area it was not possible. Um, that's why she had to stay at home and she could not start studying or anything like that. Sorge gemacht, um uns Sorge gemacht. Und ja, deswegen, es war sehr schön. What do you want to do? What is your What's your goal? What would you like to be professionally? Was möchtest du um, beruflich machen? Ja. Also, ich möchte gerne PTA Assistent machen. Also ein PTA, right? PTA, also Apothekerhelferin. Pharmaceutisch technische Assistentin, Pharmaceutical Technical Assistant. If there is a suitable translation, I don't know. Yeah, this is the sure. word, but, but this is the field um, uh, to work in a um, pharmacy, cool. and um, yeah, that's her goal. Also, so her former job was, um, I think, barista yeah. at Starbucks yeah. Coffee Deutschland, uh, at this um, American coffee shop, and she was working there for one year, and after that she took her time to attend some C1 German class to prepare for the um, Ausbildung Apprenticeship, yeah. and that took time for her. Also, man braucht mehr Kontakte mit einem und anderen. Yes, she needs to have more contact to German people to improve her language skills, and it is hard for her to, to get this contact, to get in touch. And uh, that's why it takes longer for her to learn. Before we jump to the next part of the interview with Friederika, I just wanted to say to Julia, thank you one more time for sharing some of your experience and for humoring me using some of my beginner German in the interview. Okay, now let's hear from Friederika about jobs for refugees. Okay, good. Um, jobs for Refugees is a social organization and we help refugees to enter the job market. And we do that with offering workshops, um, CV trainings and job placing. So we help them to prepare the documents. We, um, yeah, we, we do that. Uh, we, we help them to, to write it, to prepare it. We send it to a company that we um, know from our uh, recruiters that we know. And we arrange meetings. So uh, within the workshops, within the workshop the people have the chance to meet companies maybe two or three and they get in contact as a group and they have a uh, the, the chance to to ask the questions if they have one and um, then sometimes they get um, a trial day so they can meet each other there and tr because this is also uh, a big problem that we face they sometimes have no idea what is the the everyday working routine about what is the the job that I'm doing there so yeah and this is what we do and we also have this one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, appointments where we just talk about the situation and what would like they like to achieve in a short term and and the long-term goals but uh, my role is um, I am integration coordinator here okay. and also member of the managing board um, yeah. since a while and I what I mainly do is that I um, are responsible for the public funded projects that we have and this is holding workshops for, for female refugees cool. especially. Yeah, that's. I have a question about that as well. So I, I mean I think a lot of the times when I was working in the US it was really difficult to get women involved in um, 
different types of courses, like for job training or for how to do your taxes or something like that, because the men would show up and, you know, they had to stay home and watch the kids oftentimes. So um, how have you kind of gotten over some of those barriers or what have, what has that experience been like holding workshops? You're totally right that it's harder for women to um, attend courses, um, to take action, to be be present because of the children. And I think um, they have a lot of chances, the, the same that men have, but sometimes they don't have in case of they have having small children, which means that they cannot attend the language course, for example, yeah. uh, with a small child with a toddler. That's why they have to stay home and they um, they are busy with their, with their role of being mother. Yeah, and we experienced, um, that was interesting, while Corona, we offered online courses and we noticed that many mothers were happy for this offer because they were able to, to join the courses and they were part of that. Or sometimes we told them, just bring your kids. And they were just like, okay, really, I can bring my kids? Okay, then I will be there. And uh, so we, we try to feel their needs and find a solution for that because uh, we do want to empower them to take part, um, to, um, to, yeah, to empower them to find something, to set goals for themselves, to um, feel welcomed here. It gives you, it gives them a lot of independence as well. I imagine to make choices and, um, yeah, kind of chart their own future, so to speak. Yeah, what um, that that's so interesting that it took Corona for so many people, you know, to realize some of the things that we can do. Did you learn anything else? How was this experience of coronavirus and the lockdown and distancing and, yeah, for the refugees it was threatening. Because they didn't know what is it like, do I understand it right, um, how should I behave, can I, can I go out, meet people. And um, there is this, uh, um, this pressure to find jobs, to, to meet companies, which yeah. is much more pressure for them than just to go out. So it was a harder situation than before, of course. And they, many of them told me, okay, we'll stop everything right now, I can't do anything, I will just stay inside and wait until this is over and um, but the other side was that some of them told me they wanted to to help no matter what they do for example voluntary work and they told me that they were so happy about that what what they um, uh, could benefit from when they arrived here and they would like to give something back and corona is a very special situation and that they are willing to to contribute in that situation to help others that was interesting for me and that's kind of what makes you part of the community, right? You are able to not just feel like you're taking, but also giving back and being part of the group that you uh, interact with most often. But also, that's what I what I said before, is that we experienced that this online uh, offer was interesting for them. So they could stay home, they could care for their children, but they were also um, working on their goals and they tried to... I mean, for, for some of the vo- women, it is just language training. So just to, to hear the Deutsch and to ask or answer some simple questions or something like that. But they were so will, willing to participate. I was um, astonished that they were able to use the smartphone or laptop or we gave them a tablet that we had here. To, uh, and they were able to, to log in and to start the video and yeah. uh, join the conference. 
And before we thought we can never do this. Yeah. It's too complicated, even for us with this. But it was working. We had two, 10, 11, 12 uh, participants. That's, and that's really cool because I guess I'm like thinking right now of this stereotype that sometimes refugees, people say they don't want to work, they don't want to learn the language, they're very lazy is a stereotype. But really, is it like some of these barriers that are in place that's really holding them back? I think that this could possibly be a good example of that. What do you think? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's really a stereotype, but we, in our work, we have to try to get their view, their perspective. And what we experience, that it helps them if the um, offer is low threshold, it is easy to access. And if we use technical devices that they have to, to make sure that everything is working, it's not that easy accessibility. And I don't think that we thought, okay, they, they are not able in, in terms of uh, how does it work. No, it was not like that. But we didn't want to exclude somebody because of this technical thing. And had so, or we have had so many technical problems in the past yeah. with these first courses. That's why. But um, yeah, you're totally right. And there are stereotypes. And, and of course, this uh, is part of our job to reflect that, to refle- reflect our role. And how do we see them? And of course, it's part of our job to be aware of that this is existing and this is yeah. part of our society, of course. Curious also to ask about the um, cert- certification or the professional credentials that a person brings from them from their country and then they aren't able to use them in Germany. Do you guys work with that at all? Do you help refugees with like training programs or things to try to help them get those credentials recognized in Germany? or to rebuild those credentials at all? Is that something that you do? Um, um, we, we try to help them to find the right uh, place where they have to go to, to get this recognized, for example, but we don't do that here. We can't do that, and we're not allowed to do that. Okay. But um, there is a big gap um, between what they have done before and what, what they're able to do with that certificates because the problem that we have, we have uh, some jobs like um, it, what you mentioned before, uh, I think uh, this crafts craftsman um, who were working in their home country, uh, they can work here only as an assistant because they don't have this um, certificates. They never get any certificate for this job. They learn at the company, if it is something like that, of their um, father or uncle or cousin, and um, which means that they are learning side by side from each other over many years and after that they are working in that field but it could also happen that they, they switch between jobs or that they change jobs um, and work in a totally different field afterwards it's not like that we do here that um, there is a red line of uh, here's my professional goal and I start here and I go step by step up the ladder it's not you cannot compare this and the jobs there are a few um, where they need the certificates for example doctors yeah you have to to recognize the your educational level and this is a rather complicated process and it is it, it, it takes very long so for the people who would like to work in that field have to wait long and sometimes they have to do some additional courses either in university and this is a long time for them 
And if you would like to study, for example, you need this German C1, which also takes years to reach that first. So yeah. they have a lot of lot to do until they can work in their former job. But they sometimes deny and say, okay, we'll do something different because it's easier. We can yeah. do it right now, for example, in gastronomy or yeah, service. Yeah. And do you work all through Germany or just in Berlin? We work here in Berlin, okay. um, but if we have online offers yeah, okay. that we recently um, yeah, set up, yeah. yeah, we can address all the people from all over Germany. But yeah, we are working here because it is always helpful to meet the people mm-hmm. and to have a direct contact because this is what we um, promise the, the companies. We know this person and we carefully selected that one and we met a person. Right. So this is a question of trust. Exactly. So it is for us helpful to meet them and they are so thankful for this direct contact uh, that they have here. How is it a sustainable business for you? Like who pays your bills and if someone else was trying to do this, how could they? I mean, it, it was hard in the beginning to find partners, but in 2015, many companies, institutions, foundations were ready to spend money to yeah. invest in ideas like ours. And um, this is what we, what we still have. We have um, public funds. We have private funding. Um, we are um, applying for programs. Um, IRC is one of our um, sponsors. Yeah, they um, are... They, they um, set up this program, it's called STAIRS, for female refugees especially. Okay. And uh, we sometimes get our money from Job Center for this recruitment work that we do. Um, there is the chance to, to get this paid by Job Center. They get something like a voucher, they come to us. So they can freely select the, the organization that helps them to find a job. And we are one of them, certified to do that. So mainly we, we get public funds and um, from from national and international organizations. And so in the beginning, wh- when did ref- Jobs for Refugees start? Was it in 2014 or 15? That was what made me so interested in this project. I was like, I couldn't believe how much all of the people in Germany were saying, we're going to do something, we're going to help. And it was really inspiring. And, and that's what made me want to come and see, like, what happened? How did that all work out? Is it, but like, is it sustainable? I wonder if you feel the same way I do. Like there's sometimes I think people who are tired and saying like, this is actually really difficult work and, and how do you keep it going? Um, regarding the financial, financial support, you mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, that this happened after a few years, of course, there was a, um, a tiredness of, um, all our funds are, um, yeah, we have projects that we finance right now, so this year we cannot give you more yeah. money. This happened, but um, I guess that it changed somehow because the situation with refugees and the question of integration is more present than before, I yeah. think. Because people, especially in Germany, they know that we will have a lack of um workers in the next years. Um, Teachers and doctors. Yeah, um, and also um, care is a big gap of people um, that we are looking for and I think that the the industry and also the um, the companies that they understood this that they can use it for themselves and so we have the situation that we sometimes um, get contacted by the companies and that they come to us and ask hey what can we do to to support you because we we, we love what you do and we would like to help so what is it that you need 
So I guess that the, the um, awareness of what we need, it's raised, yeah. Maybe I'll ask one last question. If you had a magic wand and you can just change one thing, like totally get rid of some barrier, what would it be? What's the thing that I that like refugees struggle with the most that you see that you'd like to change and, and make easier, so to speak? I think, uh, first of all, is the language. Because I think that language is something that connects people. And no matter how you look or where you come from, this is the moment when you try, when you feel that you are understood and that there is... The, the possibility of trust each other and I think that um, over the time that's what we experienced with the refugees in the beginning they were so inhibited in a way of they didn't know if they could trust us and they were telling us this there are so many offers which is the best one and what should I choose and I think that now when they understand better what is around them they they are more confident with what they would like to achieve and to uh, set their goals, to, to yeah, formulate this for them. And if I could change them, something, I would like to offer more apps that you can learn lang- language like Deutsch on your own or more tools that are easy to access just to... I mean, we would think, okay, just take any German person and talk to to them and they say but where should I meet them I have no contact to German people and for us this seems so really is this true so that's why they sometimes start voluntary work because they can without any money and without any pressure um, get in contact to the society that they would like to be part of and if I would if I could change anything I would I would help them with the language do you feel like women have more barriers with that? Uh, I, I noticed at the um, cafe I go to, there are basically no women there ever. I know they're in Germany or in Potsdam. But, but I think this, this maybe um, has other, other reasons maybe, why yeah. they don't come there. They don't, uh, they, they, they do talk and they are sometimes much better than their husbands. That's what I experience. But the reason why they don't get the chance is because they don't have this time so um, women who are um, I don't know who can work with a mobile phone with a smartphone they they know how to use these tools to find English podcasts or whatever to learn I mean most of the the refugees start with uh, children tales children books listen to that this is a brilliant idea to my mind because this is passive learning but it will help you to get more words, more vocabulary and this is I think there are uh, women who are so good but they have this problem of confidence and uh, the husbands are going to manage a lot for them It is they would like to support the women but they are as good as the men of course they are yeah. this is my, my opinion that was very helpful. I really appreciated you taking some time to talk with me. Cool. Yeah, thank you too. It was very interesting to meet you. That's it for today's episode with Jobs for Refugees. I'd like to thank Frederica, Julia, and Jobs for Refugees one more time. I hope you learned a lot. It was a very insightful conversation for me, especially to learn how Corona has changed some of the ways that this organization operates. And that makes me think. Has your organization made any changes to better suit the needs of refugees and migrant clients during this pandemic? Are there changes you've made, changes you're working on, and how are those going? Or are there changes that you'd like to make? This week, send me an email if you have answers to any of those questions, 
and let me know. I'd love to hear what they are, and maybe I'll even share some of the answers on a future episode. Email me at feedback at integrationforeveryone.com or tweet me at IFE Podcast on Twitter. Thank you to the Alexander von Humboldt Foundation for making this project possible, and thank you to Social Science Works, my host here in Germany. Please take care, and I look forward to having you back for the next episode of the Integration for Everyone podcast.